Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who are on a mission to create the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm your host, Emily Aborn, and together we are inspiring, growing, and giving you the tools you need to bring ideas to life so you can build whatever this means for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Today, I went for a long walk in my absolutely beautiful town in New Hampshire. This was the first lovely weekend we've had in a really long time, and I am loving it. There is absolutely no better season to me than summer, and spring means that summer is almost here. So, oh, and it also is my birthday season. So, basically, it's paradise. Um, minus the black flies, of course, but I'll take them any day over snowflakes and snow icicles on my eyelashes. I know I'm overreacting about the winter, but honestly, it just like went on so long. So I'm really not overreacting. (laughs) Um, all right. So there's this hill on my walk that I pass and it's like this super green lush hill. And at the top, there's this perfect tree. I've taken lots of photos of the tree from the bottom of the hill, and I've often wondered what was at the top of it. So today I saw this little path that was going along the side of the hill, and I didn't see any no trespassing signs or private property signs, so I decided to go for it. Well, when I got to the top, it wasn't just one tree, it was two perfect trees, and just the juxtaposition between the two of them was this rock, which I swear was just begging for me to sit on it and like contemplate life. So of course I did, because I felt obliged. Um, But also from the top, I could see the most perfect, and I know I keep saying perfect, but it really was, panoramic view of my cute, quaint little New England town. And it kind of made me think that sometimes, you know, going down new paths is extremely rewarding and beautiful and brings on even more peace than you have ever even known before. And you are going to see a totally new view that you've never seen before. And that's something I personally am working on this year in my own life. Um, I think a lot of this came from my guest today, who is Casey Matthews. She really sparked some of these desires in me. We've had so many phone conversations. And in our first one, she challenged me in like the most sweet, sweet way to explore the idea of not working all weekend long. So I I tried it. And honestly, I really, really liked it. So I've just been working on some um, new ideas and things that I'm implementing for myself and a lot of it came from conversations that I've had with Casey. When I first talked to her about switching off and, and, and not working on the weekends, I didn't even really know where to start. I didn't know what I like to do. I didn't know what would be fun alternatives to working except, you know, taking a walk. So she shared with me this idea that she was, that she was creating um, about giving yourself a break. And it was this whole list of ideas for entrepreneurs and also moms who need a break from work and they don't even really know where to begin or they want to explore new ideas rather than just doing same old, same old. So for me, that's where a lot of this came from. And, you know, I just, I guess I would just challenge you to try something new, try exploring new ideas or new activities. If you usually walk, try running. If you usually run, try walking. If you usually don't exercise at all, try prancercising down your road. 
if you don't know what prancer size is, you should probably look it up on YouTube after this podcast and you are welcome. The new things that are waiting for you on the other side of exploration are definitely worth you checking out and I really encourage us all to do that. Um, Without further ado and me waxing poetic any longer, I bring you Casey Matthews. She is a book writing and transformational life coach, an inspirational speaker, and the author of A Mom's Guide to Creating a Magical Life. The book is Eight Practical Steps to Feel Happier, Inspired, and More Relaxed. She also is the author of Preemie, Lessons in Love, Life, and Motherhood. Both books have won the Mom's Choice Gold Award and Preemie won the New Hampshire Writers Project Reader's Choice Award. She's been a featured guest on Yahoo, NBC Tonight, NHPR, Dr. Radio, and many more. And Casey strives to help others find more happiness, balance, and purpose in her life. She lives in New Hampshire with her husband, two children, and their pup, Georgie Girl. Hi, Casey, and welcome to the She Built This podcast. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me, Emily. I'm thrilled to be here. How are you and your family um, doing during this time? We're actually doing pretty well. You know, I, at this point, have a 19-year-old and a 21-year-old, so it's tough on them um, because that's the age where, you know, their wings are spread and they're ready to be launched. And so coming back into the fold in this really intensive way is a struggle. And yet at the same time, it's kind of turning out to be this really beautiful moment for us as a family, feeling like there's like an essence of a last time to it. You know, the four of us together in this space that, you know, it hasn't been this way in several years for a long period. And we're just kind of leaning into each other and sort of loving it. I doubt the kids would say that, but but I am. And I think there's a deeper part of them that is kind of feeling that way, whether they'd admit it or not. You know, how about you? How's everything going for you? Uh, first of all, I love that. And I, I hear what you're saying because I know when I was 19 and 21, I just wanted to be out with my friends and not socially distancing myself. Um, so, so good for them and good for them for you know, doing the right thing and, and respecting the, the regulation. We're doing good. Um, my husband just went back to, well, so they have a job where the homeowner wasn't home or isn't home. They just purchased the home. So they're able to go mm-hmm. in and do an exterior paint, an interior paint job there, which is nice. So he went back to work yesterday, but like a part of me is kind of sad because we had such a nice, like, he was feeling super bad because he felt like he was like in my way working from home, but it it was really enjoyable. I just liked having, you know, somebody besides the dog around and he got a whole bunch of like home projects done. So I'm doing great, but I do miss, I do miss my husband being back in quarantine yeah. life. <laughs> well, you're totally speaking to something that completely resonates with me. And, you know, I mean, it's this this idea that there is so much deep suffering happening in the world right now. And just, you know, my heart, your heart, it all breaks for anybody who's being so directly impacted by all that is happening. But, you know, for those of us who have the luxury of being in this, you know, safe space at home and can work from home, like you're doing, your husband was, and, um, I, you know, having my husband work at home after 30 years 
it is, and, and to witness actually what he does, it has been such a treat and um, so amazing. And I have had those moments where I thought, oh gosh, you know, when he goes back, when the kids head off to wherever it is they're meant to be, there's going to be this loneliness because it's really that, as you know, as a work at home entrepreneur, there is a little bit of that loneliness that you can't help but experience so much, how much connection you have through the day. So to have them in my physical space, it was certainly an adjustment at first, but now that we've all kind of, you know, found our groove, I love it. And I thought, on the other side of things, you know, if and when whatever all that looks like, that'll be a little little hard. So you'll have to guide me through this, how you do with it. So what I used to do is I used to, I found myself like struggling with um, taking coffee dates and doing things on various days of the week. And then my week was all like chopped up and scattered. But I think what this has taught me, and I know you and I have had this conversation Um, When I'm working from home, I'm very intentional right now about putting like all of my calls in one day and that feels really good to me and I need to remember that going forward. Like to your point of socialization, like I can have one really social day a week but it needs to be all in in one day, you know, so that it's all like um, time blocked so to speak. But I think that's a way to, for maybe someone like you that enjoys working from home, maybe you're a little more on the introverted side, it's still a way for you to get socialization in, but just not like a fire hose of it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I can't ever take in a fire hose of it, but I love your choice of the word intentional. And I think that's the opportunity that's coming through for so many people here now is this discovery of a new way of being, a new rhythm um, that, you know, I mean, life was moving so fast. And that's what you just, we're perpetually hearing that from everyone. Everything just feels like it's moving so fast with the, the emails, the texts, the social media, everything coming in and everything moving back out. And the pace, it was really in many ways unsustainable for a lot of people. And you know, for many, there was a a deliberate choice of slow down, me being one of them. It's reflected in my work and the work I do with people because my natural energies doesn't align with that fast pace. And I think that's true for a lot of people, but then a lot of people were like, well, this is what we got. This is where I got to rise up to and meet this and sort of like jump in this super fast moving river and, you know, almost like getting swept away. So with this global pause button, you know, again, really acknowledging and speaking to the people who don't have a choice to, you know, take this pause. They are out there and living in the midst of this. But for those of us that this pause button is stay at home, get intentional, your your word, and find a new rhythm and a new routine. I feel like sort of our, um, if we're going to get intentional about this, it's intentional about how do we take what we're learning now and really incorporate it into our lives so that it's, it becomes habitual, it becomes um, integrated into our being so that when life, and I'm using air quotes here, returns to normal, what is our new normal and how can we create that new normal? My, my favorite word ever is deliberate. Um, right there with intentional. So how can we deliberately choose to move forward in a different different way that serves us better and is su- more sustainable long-term moving forward, if that all makes sense? 
sense. Yeah, and do the things that like our body feels a little more respected by, you know, like that pace, like you said, it's not, I don't think it was sustainable for me personally. Like I was feeling like I needed to keep up and if I didn't keep up, I would be left behind. So I think listening a little more to my body and being like, okay, I can work, I can create a business and I can also have health and at the same time, you know? Yeah, it doesn't have to be either or. It's in both. What works best, you know, that that deliberateness of how do I feed my body, my mind, my soul so that I can show up as my best self without being that that stretch thing. I love your keep up, you know, or get left behind. I think that's what drives so many of us. And, you know, but it's looking outside of ourselves and seeing, oh, well, if she or he are doing that, I should be doing the same. And then when we turn the lens back on ourselves and say, that's not aligned with me, I don't move at that pace or that doesn't, you know, line up with how I do things. If we can keep ourselves focused more inward and resist that urge to compare, which always leads to despair, I think there's really some something powerful there. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right. So I would love for you. I know I know a lot of people heard your story on our little pajama panel that we had back in back when this all started a month ago. Oh my gosh. Um, but I would love for you to share a little more in-depth version of your story and what brought you to where you are now. Okay, absolutely. So um basically I was kind of living life, just moving forward and married the love of my life. And we had our first baby and just kind of like, yeah, this is just what you do. And life, you know, I'll just go right out and say, you know, just took things for granted. This is just how things are. And then my second pregnancy, um, halfway through, um, you know, I still had another 15 weeks left on the pregnancy. I went into premature labor and within a 24 hour period delivered our second child, a baby girl, Andy, she was born at 25 weeks. She weighed a pound, 11 ounces. I looked at a nurse and said, you don't understand things like this don't happen to me. And she said, they do now. And it was like my moment. I, you know, some of us have had them already. Some of us have not, but it's sort of that inevitable moment in life where, you know, whether it's a medical diagnosis or a car accident or divorce or move or whatever we have in our lives, whether it's early on or later days, kind of our wake up. And Andy's birth for me was my wake up. It was like, whoa, there's something so much bigger than me going on here. And out of that, what, you know, I could go on forever about it and, you know, the whole book that came out of it, but it was a, it was a, my personal healing journey and trans story of transformation after waking up and, and seeing so much bigger than me kind of stuff out there. Um, but sort of in a nutshell, it was this, this journey of healing and finding all these alternative modalities that, um, we use for Andy to help her heal and grow, but that were also beneficial for us as an entire family unit. As you know, we also took advantage, we were outside of Boston at the time of all of the um, traditional medical treatments. So it was this 
um, tr this path, this parallel path of these complementary medicines and alternative medicines that brought her to the place she is today at 19. She's 5'10 and um, was just, as you know, on a gap year traveling around the world before she got called home early. Um, so it's been it's been an amazing journey, but it's really about all the life lessons, major, major, big life lessons that came as a result of her birth that catapulted me into this other place of um, doing the work that I'm doing. And it all really began when she was about seven and I realized there was a deep truth within me that wasn't being spoken about my initial reactions when she was first born that I didn't want anything to do with this baby. And the moment I thought, you know what, I can't be the only woman out there who's ever felt this same way. And what if I dared to speak it out loud? What if I dared to bring that truth to light so that it doesn't rule my life anymore and gives other women permission to be in the same boat? And that was the impetus for writing the book and what, you know, this idea of you're not alone and thinking, you know, if one other woman out there, it resonates with them. And then, of course, it had a much bigger impact and people saying, thank you so much for speaking that out loud to give me permission to do so, too. So that's can you tell me more about that feeling of that you that you didn't want anything to do with this baby? Yeah, I mean, you know, so I had this gorgeous, healthy two-year-old at home, Tucker, who had been born on his due date, weighing eight pounds, you know, and life was pretty amazing. You know, it's just Tucker, myself, and our dog, Cody Bear, and we'd take our daily walks, and um, I taught after-school creative writing workshops, and we were just moving forward in this way. And, you know, similar to sort of where we are now, this major disruption comes into our life, and we're like, no, thank you. I don't want this. And obviously when you're a mom speaking that about a baby, like what mother would ever say such words out loud, which is why I swallowed it down and kept it hidden inside of myself. But I was like, no, thank you. I did not sign up for this. You know, and it's that universal theme of um, a diagnosis, whatever, a major life event where people are like, why is this happening to me? You know, that that sort of mentality and that I would never speak out loud of, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. And I would show up and, you know, just kind of put on my game face, but couldn't wait to get out of there. And it, that was the big part of my journey is coming to truly understand that all of that, the not wanting to be there, not wanting anything to do with this baby, was completely all my love being blinded and blanketed by fear. It was just total fear. And when I was able to pull back that curtain of fear somewhat and let my heart open and the light, you know, seep out and the love seep out, you know, that that was the game changing moment for me. And then, you know, moving forward in life of recognizing when fear stepping in to block whether it be love or anything else so do you do you feel like when she was growing up and I know you guys did a Facebook live on this which I found super fascinating but do, do you feel like when she was growing up you treated her differently than well first of all let's say did you treat her differently than other moms were treating their daughters and did you treat her differently than you treated Tucker so that's like a two-part answer because because she had, she was medically fragile. 
So this isolation stuff is not new to us. This was the first year, first few years of Andy's life. We were in this state because her lungs, as with any premature baby, are very um, fragile. So we were not really in any public gatherings. We wouldn't go to grocery stores or drug stores with the kids. You know, we spent a lot of time on and beaches in the winter and zoos and that sort of thing. Um, so we had to for that reason. And if it were not for the wisdom and the certainty and kind of the central core alignment of my husband's, I probably would have treated her differently. But when we were early days standing in the hospital and all the doctors in their white lab coats were just rattling off all these statistics and telling us, you know, all the things our daughter wouldn't be, all the things she would be, just this really grim um negative outlook. My husband, you know, and I'm sort of nodding my head like, okay, whatever you doctors say, this is the truth and this is what it'll be. And my husband Lee looked at them and he said, um, you know what? We're going to let our daughter decide who she's going to be. And I was like, what? Oh my gosh, you can't speak to doctors that way. You can't, you know. And he said, all of these are statistics and they're generalizations. And she's one being, she's a statistic of one. So we'll wait and see who she chooses to become. And it was this moment of like, whoa, you know, really? You get that choice? So moving forward, that was the attitude we took on of, you know, she is not a statistic. She is not, she can be whoever she's meant to be. And we allowed that and opened to that, of course, with many, many and enormous moments of darkness and uncertainty along the way. But that was where we tried to recenter ourselves and find our place back to that of just staying in that place of allowing, if that makes sense, surrendering and allowing, I guess. It feels to me, um, my sister-in-law and my brother, they they had a baby that was premature, not at all as premature as Andy, but it seems to me that once you go through that together as a couple, there's like nothing you can't conquer, you know? <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. I hope they feel that way. It, you know, it, it's there are sort of standardized roles that are generally taken on, you know, that we were told about and, you know, not everybody takes that. And, you know, it can be really, really difficult on a marriage and not all of them survive, but the ones that do it's, you know, I think you can substitute premature birth with anything, you know, any kind of trial that we go through in a marriage in this current state we're all in will be the case for many people. Um, you know, if you can come out on the other side stronger as a result, of course, just like you said, yeah. Like, okay, we did this together. Yeah, okay. yeah. I guess you're right. It does relate to any like major adversity or or like you said, disruption. Um, okay, so how did you so you you wrote the book, Preemie? Yeah. And then you started speaking. Am I correct? You are. And, you know, so I am not one of these entrepreneurs who was like, oh, I'm going to start a business. I was, I felt this tap on my shoulder actually even before that. I don't know if, you know, you've ever had this moment or, you know, but, you know, someone said to me, are you writing a book? And I was like, no. Oh, for some reason I thought you were writing a book. You know, and then the next person says, when are you going to start that book you're supposed to write? You know, and there were three of those. And I was like, what is up with this? And we had just moved up to New Hampshire. 
I'd been teaching creative writing workshops for eight years, and I'd been a classroom teacher for 10 years before that. And I thought once we get settled up in our house here in New Hampshire, I'll just start these um, writing workshops again. But there was this like deeper calling, like I'm supposed to write this book. And so I, I dove in, I, I, you know, I started writing it and um, it was really the moment that I wrote the prologue and said, you know, that I want to be the person who can sit on the end of your bed, no matter what your story, you know, that, that if hearing my story gives you a moment away from yours, and if you can find my journey healing, then this story was worth writing down to help you know you're not alone, you know, that none of us are alone. So that was, and when my husband read that, he said, you have to write this book, you know, this is your why, this is your reason. And as things got, you know, difficult writing, it is certainly a journey of writing a book is not easy in any way. When those moments of struggle came and challenge, I would always go back to that, to my why, return to my why and be like, okay, I got to keep going on this, keep going on this. So the book was due to come out in May um, I think the publisher had the date of like May 12th or something like that. And prior to the book even coming out, a couple national premium organizations got a hold of the manuscript. And there was a um, National Association of Neonatal Therapists having their conference down in Fort Worth, Texas. So I got a phone call from the director saying, hey, would you come and speak at this conference? So the book wasn't even out yet. It was still a couple of weeks out. But so I had all... Um, the printed copies with me that I could take and go and speak on this journey to this group of um, professionals who were caring for these premature babies. And then it just went from there. You know, then I was off to another conference in Florida and then I'm speaking to women's groups and um, it just naturally evolved on its own. Um, You know, and then of course I nurtured this speaking business that worked in conjunction with the book, really helping to spread the word of, um, you know, this, this transformation that's possible for all of us in times of adversity, no matter what the circumstances. Wow. I didn't know that um, you got like kind of pinged before the book was even released. That is incredible. Um, so even as a, you know, I'm not a mom, but I've read it and I loved it. And I loved the lessons that you learned about yourself through the process. I love what it did with your family through the process. And now I'm curious to know how you arrived at what you're doing now, which is coaching. Sure. Yeah. So you know, I continued speaking for years and continued doing that, but it was you know, at some point, my daughter, Andy's 14, she's 15, she's 16. Um, and to speak about this journey of with a premature baby, it was starting to feel not as relevant, certainly for everybody else who's still in it. And I could really show up to speak to that. But as far as where I was in my own personal life on the journey, I was really starting to navigate different aspects of my life. And it was all the same work, but just kind of in a different package. And yeah, and I started to think, you know what, it feels like my what's next is waiting for me. And I didn't really know what that was. And then, you know, I, I just love, love, love inspiring others, working one-on-one with people, which is really what I was doing so much with the first book. And, um, 
counseling and coaching. And, and then um, I started working with my own personal coach and just came to really love and understand the value of it and see and recognize that there was something in me that just longed to do that and to know that I could do it really well. And um, so I just, you know, started moving down that, that journey of trainings and personal development, which I'd been doing all along, to hone this into more of a formal business. And along at the same time, the next book came along called A Mom's Guide to Creating a Magical Life. And that really kind of went hand in hand of where the coaching was meant to go, that it, it's really this idea of how we can create this magical life, which you can replace the word magical with authentic or happy or, you know, anything like that, but it's how we live our life as our best selves. And that's what I really inspire to do um, with people through my, my one-on-one coaching. And I'm actually creating what will be a a larger group program that'll be offered later in the fall. Um, So the book and the coaching kind of go hand in hand and support each other. Um, kind of the next step of evolution after preemie. And then within all that, very similar to writing the book. So I was working as a transformational life coach and then um, lots of people in, in different women's groups I was a part of would say, you know, can I ask you some questions about your book writing process? Can, you know, the book publishing and how you navigate the publishing world. And it was always like, yeah, sure, whatever. And then, you know, Hey, if, would you ever teach a class on this? Can, if I gather all the students, will you teach the class? Sure. You know, and then people in the class saying, you know, will you coach me one-on-one as a book writing coach? So these parallel paths um, evolved that I hadn't set out to be a book writing coach, but I do that as well. So that's where I am. Okay, so I have two questions for you on that. Um, first, what is like your – well, okay, first of all, when you decided you were actually going to start a business and make a business of this, what was like the biggest challenge or shift in mindset that you had to make? Because I think we all think what we, – we have an image in our mind of what being an entrepreneur is is like and being a business owner and it's very different from what it actually is so I'm wondering if you had that moment and like what challenges were right out of the gate for you yeah and you know so I think sort of the the main question that I asked myself was who am I who am I to think I can do this and the coach that I was working with that really inspired me said who are you not to do this and why would you deny others your gift? And, you know, she said, I'm very deliberately choosing to use this word that by, you know, playing in this, like, how dare I, you know, who do I think I am playing in that really small space, you're being selfish, and you have gifts to share, and the world needs them. And, you know, get out, get over yourself, stop playing small and step up and put yourself out there and offer what you have to offer. And it was really this like startling moment of like, oh, wait, So this isn't really about me at all. This is about the people I'd be serving and helping. Oh, and when I came at it from that perspective, when I turned things on its head that way, it was like, I got to get going here. I got work to do. You know, there are people out there that would really benefit from what I have to offer. And, 
you know, I'm simplifying this, believe me and you know, but, you know, it was a, a long process to get to that point and small steps along the way. I didn't suddenly, you know, move right into this flourishing business, but it was, um, that was the moment of like, come on, step up, do this. You need this. You know, other people need this. Yeah. That is such a huge piece to, to, I mean, it's not just your mind. It's a lot of things that go, that go into that belief, but thinking like, oh, who am I to do? You know, it's, it's kind of imposter syndrome. It's thinking that you're not an expert, thinking that you're not good enough to do these things. Um, And it's so, like you said, like, it's not about us. It's about the people that we're helping and that we're not helping when we sit there and have a little pity party for ourselves feeling like we can't do something. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it is that, that question. And I think, you know, I really felt this over these past few years where, you know, more and more people are speaking about, you know, current crisis and the place we are as, you know, as a world, as a planet. And this idea of like, come on, it's time to step up, not, you know, who do I think I am? Or, you know, how dare I? It's really that question is, how dare we not? Like, if we can just get over ourselves, step up, find that alignment and courage within us to dare to really let our light shine fully, and then be the inspiration, like, you know, the ripples go out from us and change other people's lives and facilitate or guide them on their transformation. And then they in turn do it with others. I truly like at my core believe that is how we as one individual have the power to change the world. Yeah, I agree. I love that. Um, so my second question was what is like your number one advice when you are walking people through writing a book? Oh, writing a book. Yeah. So, um, writing a book is a calling and, you know, people who have, you know, kind of gotten this tap on the shoulder, like this just, it's, it just wants to be written. There's so many different pieces, but in this moment, what I'm going to share is we can apply it to the businesses we create, um, the children we birth. We tend to think these books, these businesses, these children belong to us. And, you know, we create them, we write them, we build them, we birth them. And the reality is they do not, you know, so these books our their their beings all on their very own that want to be brought to light life and they need us to do it for them and same with the business i think we get ourselves so um intertwined and wrapped around and think this is only us and that's kind of where we stop the process so this idea of like you know, if we can think of the book, if we can think of our business, if we can think of, you know, our children, obviously, is, you know, their own beings and allow them to take flight and, and give them voice and wings and show up to support them the best way you can. It's it's that very similar idea to like getting out of the way and letting the words flow through you or letting the business ideas come through you. Does, does that make sense? It's a little bit out there, but it's, you know, what's yeah. 
You know what? I have some, I have um, two clients right now that are authors and they say that when they're writing, like the characters are telling them what to do. And, and I love that. Like one character, one of my clients, she says she'll wake up in the middle of the night and her character will be saying to her, I would never have said that. You need to go back and change that and make me say something more mean or more kind or whatever. Um, have you ever read Elizabeth Gilbert's book, Big Magic? Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, so she talks in there about this concept, which I so love. She talks about ideas and how if you if you don't act on an idea, then it's going to fly off and become somebody else's idea. Yes. And I've seen it happen to me where I, you know, I get a ton of ideas and you can't act on them all, but they're not all for you. Like sometimes you just have to like write it down, be like, okay, that's a good idea and then wait and see if it's for you or if it needs to like flutter off to somebody else. And when I see it fluttering off to somebody else, I'm like, I am so glad that they got that and not me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, I love that. I think that is, that's amazing. And then there are those ideas that will not leave and they will wake you up in the middle of the night and they will come through when you're st- sitting at the traffic light, you know, and it's just, you know, sorry, you don't have a choice. I mean, that's, that's where things really were with me with that first book of, I don't want to do this. This is too hard. You know, it's really difficult to go back and revisit these moments. It's really painful. I don't want to do this. And this book, who was its own being, was like, sorry, you know, you don't have a choice. We're doing this. So, you know, you can resist me all you like, but I'm not going anywhere. So it's that coming around to go, okay. And I love the story of your um, client with the character showing up. That's hysterical. Yeah, that's I've heard that from a couple of writers, actually. Fiction, but still. Um, So that's kind of been my, like, my entire I guess reason so so from the time I was a little girl I've wanted to like run my own business mm-hmm. and I used to always do them like I would do like you know I'd sell like uh lemonade and goodies on the side of the road I would like walk people's dogs I had a gopher service and every single time I worked for somebody else like I, I was always super grateful for the experience of whatever I was getting like the customer service and the marketing and whatever I did for them I was really grateful but inside I was always like I don't want like I want to be doing this for myself you know and helping people in the way that I want to be helping them and not have you telling me what to do I'm stubborn yes but also I that was like always always inside me so I think that like even with our last business it was retail and I I I was working for myself but I really wasn't working for myself because it was so like in a box you know Mm-hmm. So even with that, like, it was just waiting for me to, like, burst out and go do something, like, on my own and feel free in what I was doing. So anyway, that was a long-winded way of saying that I totally agree with you that when something just keeps on tapping at you, you have to listen to it. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, like, the image I just saw in my mind was this idea of, like, you know, if we had this pair of special magical glasses – that we could put on and see, you know, thoughts are energy, right? Ideas are energy. Um, and, and if we had the glasses where we could see this, then it would be like, oh, 
you know, she's still sitting right there across the table from me and she's, you know, got her arms folded and she's not going anywhere until I agree to start writing this book or create this business. So that idea that they are beings, um, you know, if we could actually see them, I mean, some of my clients, it's really fun. We take it to a next level and they name their book, they name their business, um, you know, they'll get little outfits. Um, one of my clients, you know, her book has this wonderful name and she has this address for her and, you know, just fun, creative, but also um, separating it from ourselves to see, you know, and, and then it's like you're in a partnership with your business. And I'm sure you've felt this and experienced yourself so that it isn't all on you. You can turn to your business, you can turn to your book and just say, what do you need? You know, what is it I'm to know? What direction do you want me to head in with this? Does that make sense to you? Totally. And you can put it aside for a time, you know, not not put it aside completely, but you can take, we, you and I have discussed this, you can take a weekend away from that partnership and let it just sit there until you come back on Monday. Absolutely. And that is the space where those ideas are born. That's where those thoughts, that's where that breathing space, that breath comes in to generate those ideas. When we're up in our head and we're like, I am going to figure this idea out and I'm going to come up with it and this thought, when we finally just go, forget it and, you know, put our sneakers on and get outside and go for a walk, suddenly there it is. You know, when we like drop out of our head into our heart, down into our gut and just move or do whatever else we need to do away for it, from it. That's, I believe, where the greatest, juiciest ideas come from. And that's, you know, that's why I encourage you and so many other of the people that I work with, you know, that we can't, as entrepreneurs, we can't be doing this 24-7. We suffer, our business suffers, um, the clients and those that we're meant to serve suffer. Yeah, I've been putting that into practice a whole lot. Um, And this Sunday, I did... like I didn't even use my phone for social media at all, which is I don't have like a social media problem, but I find that when I'm bored, it's so easy for me to just go look on it. You know what I mean? So this Sunday I said, I'm not using any social media. I'm not checking my email. The only thing I can do is use my phone as a phone, which means I can call my mom and I can text message. Um, and it was really great. And I feel like my brain had like so much open space and you've used this term. You said Monday, you're like chomping at the bit, ready to get back to work. And I love that feeling because it is, you're like, okay, I can't, now I can't wait to sit down and do this again, rather than feeling like you're just doing this 24 seven. And I mean, it's kind of like a clog, you know? I I do. Yeah. A hundred percent. And then, you know, you can even take it to the next space where, you know, you're talking about, you know, giving yourself the time on the weekends, but then when you really start to step back and get deliberate and look at how you're using your time and what choices you're making, you know, that's where you can come to see that maybe my workday doesn't actually even need to be as long as it is. Or maybe if I give myself that um, hour from noon to one and get outside and take a walk or, you know, do something else that, feeds my soul, um, the work becomes so much more productive. 
Yeah. And I think, you know, just bringing it back to the beginning, I really think that that is some of what is going to come out of this for people. Even to your point of taking a break from noon to one, if your family is home and they're all needing and eating lunch, it's so much more likely that you're going to go sit down there, take a break from work and join them than you know, when you're back, I'm talking probably to someone more like in a corporate setting, but it's different than sitting at your desk eating lunch. You know, you're going to be more deliberate about stopping and taking that break and taking that time. Well, I hope, you know, I mean, I think that's the hope. And I think it's about, you know, being awake and aware. And, you know, that's what we spoke to earlier, like the integration of this. So if, you move back into you being anyone who's listening. If we move back into the space of deliberate awareness of, I'm not going to just go back to sleep. This has been a moment where I woke up, I found a new rhythm. I found new ways of moving through my days, you know, for you, like, wow, who am I on a Monday when I show up after I've taken a break from social media on Sunday? So do you make a deliberate choice moving forward that as when it's possible, every Sunday will be that way because you show up as a completely different person as a result on Monday. So that's, you know, it's that deliberate awareness that we bring into the days moving forward that this global pause button has given us the, um, the benefit to do so. So I think that's the, um, the challenge Um, like if we can rise and see it as a challenge and, you know, what can you take away now and how can you deliberately choose to move forward in a different way to the best of your ability, the best way you can. I mean, it's, you know, life will move back and it will begin to move faster, but do we let ourselves fall back asleep and forget about this time where we woke up and, and moved in different ways and saw things differently? Or do we say, no, I'm going to rise to this occasion and I'm going to move forward in a different way. And what will be interesting to see is what the difference is for those that do that and for those that don't. Because I agree with you. I think things are going to go back to a very rapid pace, but not all of us will be taking life as was normal before forward. So it will be it will be interesting. <laughs> Well, I think what you spoke to, and I think what for many they may have come to see, and I hope, is that um, that to keep up, I have to, you know, keep moving forward like everybody else at the same pace. And I think what a lot of people have come to see is, well, no, that's not actually the case. That was just the story I was telling myself. And that was the story I was telling myself when I was looking what other people are doing. So this is the moment to really see and ask what works for me, you know, what's the best thing for me. And I think a lot in terms of like that, you know, everything's energy, right? And we are all made up of our own unique frequency and vibration. And, you know, how do we keep that vibration high? How do we keep our energy high? And if we, you know, okay, stores are back open, life's returning to normal, 
boom, back to sleep. It's almost like I visualize like a radio dial, like the volume is turned up high when our frequency is high, when we're deliberate making these choices. And then we just let that dial turn right back down. If we just fall back into that fast moving stream and don't even think about it and get swept back up into life. And, you know, that's not to say that there are hard days they're challenging days there are moments where we got to show up and things can get overwhelming but can we find our way back to center you know can we align like with that you know our compass pointing to our true north type of thing so as we as we wrap up here this has been like such a fabulous conversation and i want you to kind of tell us what you've been working on during this time because I know you have something in the works for entrepreneurs who are trying to take that step back and and sometimes I'll be honest with you I sit there and I'm like I don't even know what I want to do or what I like to do or what's fun for me I had to sit down and make a list recently of like 14 things that I found fun (laughs) so I want you to share what you're working on which obviously I'm privy to but (laughs) well and I love that because you actually were my inspiration for this. So currently what I offer people is I have this magical living daily planner and it's a way of incorporating time deliberately for ourself. I saw, call it your soul um, for your business. And then we put all the sort of busy, typical to-do list stuff uh, um, at the bottom of this. It happens later in the day. There's a place for creating intentions. So that is where, you know, I've been my energy going into that. But then it was you, Emily, who really prompted me when I saw you put something out and it was after a conversation we had where I was really encouraging you to take time away, this nurturing step away, let your mind just come away from it and rest and relax and these thoughts and ideas come in. And then you put out there this whole idea of like, well, when I do that, when I step away from my work, I don't know what to do you know, beyond like surfing the web, scrolling my phone. And that was where I thought, oh, yeah, well, so we need to have like a go-to list of all the things that I could be doing when I'm not in my business. Because, you know, we like put ourselves heart and soul into this, and then we can't even think straight. So when we do step away, we default to like what's easiest. And that's like, you know, turning to Facebook or Instagram and just scrolling, not even realizing like, oh my gosh, how much time just passed. So what I've been working on is this like entrepreneur's go-to list of when you take a break from your business, a break just for you, you know, what are the soul feeding activities you can be doing? So thank you because that came from you and I'll have to see your list of 14 and see if you want to add any of them on. And And it's also like open invitation for people then to add and create to their own and, you know, tack this list up in different places, your office, your car, your bathroom mirror. So it's always that constant reminder, take a break and then go do one of these fun things. Yep. I love it. I think that's so great. We, you're, you're just like encouraging people against the norm. This, this whole podcast slogan is creating the new norm. And that's exactly what you're doing. You're encouraging people against the norm, which is like, take a break, relax. It doesn't always have to be. We're not saying don't go, 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 but we're saying it doesn't always have to be go, go, go. Yeah. You know, I spoke about this in that panel that we did, um, but it's where I always come back to. And it's my favorite. um, I shared 
with the group, how I have a daily practice. And, you know, I think a daily practice is so, so important, something that, that our, our body, our mind, our soul can rely on that we, you know, consistently do something each day. And part of that daily practice for me is reading the daily passage from Mark Nepo's book of awakening. And when I read this quote, and I, and I never have it with me, but it's so it's always a little choppy on what it actually says, but it's this idea that, um, the flower doesn't go out looking for the bee. The flower simply um, blooms in place and allows the bees to arrive. And when I read that, I thought that is my philosophy for my life, for my business, what I want to offer to others to understand. And I always see like the opposite of that is, you know, imagine a whole bunch of tulips pulling their roots out and running around the yard and going, have you seen the bees? Have you seen the bees? Where are the bees? Where are the bees? And that's, that's hilarious. Right. <laughs> you no, know, when we're in that like super busy, I got to do all this. I got to do this. I got to do this. As opposed to, nope, I'm going to let these roots anchor into the ground. I'm going to let my beautiful self open up and bloom and look toward the sun and soak in the the rain and then you know not only do the bees arrive but you know the hummingbirds and the butterflies because we are stepping into moving into a higher vibrational energy and others are attracted to that others are drawn to that it it is you know the law of nature it just happens so it's counterintuitive. It's a paradigm shift. It's a perspective shift for, for so many. But when you can lean into that, when you can shift into that, this idea that by nurturing yourself, others are drawn to you happens naturally and beautifully. And you have to experience it to know it. And then once you do, there's no going back. It's really amazing. And that is one of my favorite quotes from that night. And consequently Mark Nepo because that's the only one I know of him so (laughs) well thank you so much for coming on and sharing and being so open and like I just love I someone asked me recently what the podcast is like or what the goal of it was and I was like you know how we have all of these wonderful conversations like on the phone and over coffee this is like opening up those conversations for everybody to hear so I love that we went there um and I thank you for that and for joining me I'm thrilled to be here. And I do want to acknowledge the the way that you're showing up and sharing your energy and this community that you've created with She Built This and you're giving women the inspiration and the opportunity and the connection, um, you know, just for you to acknowledge all that you've done, not only with the clients you work with, but on this bigger scale. So thank you for what you've done because I've so benefited from connecting with all these other wonderful women who inspire me. And like, you know, I said earlier, the ripples move out. So you've got a lot of ripples going out from you. So thank you, Emily. Ah, thank you so much for saying that so sweetly too. Um, tell us as we close, um, just how to like find you and be able to connect with you online and definitely share your website so that when that download is ready, people can grab that too. Yeah, absolutely. So everything you need is over at CaseyMatthews.com, Casey with a K, Matthews with one T. Um, my books are over there. They're, you know, obviously available on Amazon or any major bookseller and, um, my coaching, all the information is over there, whether it's for transformational life or book writing. 
And I do offer a complimentary discovery session where we can really take 45 minutes to get to know each other and see if it's a fit to work with each other. Um, So that's out there. And then the new offering of this entrepreneur guide to, you know, step away from our business and open up that space for what is meant to come in will be available very soon as I get that all pulled together. Yeah, I'm excited for that. And we'll definitely make sure to share that in the She Built This group too, because I think that's going to be a really good opportunity. Yeah, I'm obviously on social media with Facebook, um, my personal page, but then my um, professional page is uh, Casey Matthews, author, speaker, coach, and then I'm on Instagram. Those are kind of my two places where I hang out the most. Okay, good. And I'll be sure to put all of that in the notes too, so people can click right out. Well, thank you so much and enjoy the rest of your quarantine. (laughs) (laughs) I sure will. I've, I've expanded into places I didn't think I was capable of. I began really, I'm like, oh, I've always wanted to garden. I've wanted to sew. And then like, again, you know, that like, who am I? I don't know how to do it. What am I doing? And then like, come on, try, just try it. And I've really grown in confidence in a lot of things that I didn't really think I was capable of. I'm not necessarily doing them well right now, but I'm trying, I'm having fun. So it's cool. Good. That's what it's all about. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Casey. To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org.